0: There are four types of people at a dance. What kind of people, Noah? There are those who show up just for the social aspect of it. They're there to hang out with friends, to chat, and they never really hit the dance floor. Then there's a second group of people. You know what they do?
1: What do they do, Noah?
0: They hit the dance floor because their friends are out there, but they're not really into it. They, like, they'll clap their hands a bit, they'll move, mm. but they're not They're not really into it. The third group of people are those that are the tryhards but they can't dance they're into the music they feel it they're trying but they can't dance so they're out there they probably look stupid but they don't care or maybe they care but they don't show it and there's the fourth group of people the people who are the dance floor fiends they're out there they can dance and they they show it they're just completely into it one of us is group 4 one of us is group 3 am i group four you're group four nice and i'm group three
1: i mean i was literally hoisted on the shoulders of ma- of a man for like two-thirds of sweet caroline
0: it's that's actually yeah it's accurate
1: so I that is there. a literal i thing witnessed that, happened. that
0: i witnessed that firsthand it was kind of frightening you almost fell on me
1: well what was it like watching that
0: it was suddenly i looked to my left and i just see you hoisted on like five people and i'm like what and then you came down and i swear that you're gonna fall on me nice that was it so that was my intro for this um podcast So, this podcast, we're back. We are back. We've been gone for a while. That's kind of my fault, kind of not my fault.
1: It's a lot of people's fault. It's also exam season's fault. You're taking your headphones off.
0: Yeah, because it's, I can't really, it's not making a any difference anyway. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, my co-host, Glendon Frank. Hello.
1: <laughs> yeah. Woo.
0: He was busy. He had exams. He had papers. He had a life.
1: I had, did you, did you, did I tell you what my schedule was for like 48 hours?
0: Was that like recently?
1: Yeah. Cause like last week I had an exam Friday morning, a paper due Friday night, and then an exam Saturday morning.
0: Oh wait, no, you did tell me that. Yeah. Because I remember, cause I think I, one of those nights was when I helped you. Yeah. Friday, it would have been Friday it night. It would have been Friday
1: night. I was up until like 2.30 working on my paper. Yep, you were. And then I had an exam at 9am <laughs> and I crushed both of them.
0: What was the exam?
1: I think Poetry? <laughs> I it was don't poetry. Even remember. It was poetry.
0: I mean that's pretty solid. Yeah. I mean, what was I doing during that time? Well, you asked me to edit your paper, so I was slamming that out. Yeah, and you su- were. And suddenly I'm told that I have to go watch the Mandalorian episode. So I take off in the middle of editing your paper. And that's when I sent you that like quick summary on Facebook where I'm like, This is you were this- watching
1: The Mandalorian? <laughs>
0: These are my thoughts so far.
1: Do you have spicy takes on The Mandalorian?
0: I enjoy it. Like, I I know you don't enjoy it. I really like the latest episode.
1: The latest episode I really want to enjoy, but I feel like I have so little faith in the show at this point that I am not invested in anything.
0: What's funny is that's how so many people felt after The Last Jedi.
1: (laughs) See, The Last Jedi made actually interesting character choices, at least.
0: I I don't know. I really like the characters. I mean, we've learned a fair bit about The Mandalorian, at least his backstory. I feel
1: like... Here's the thing. I would have agreed with you up until episode 4. I feel like in the last couple episodes, I've learned less and understood less about him. Especially, what was it, episode 6, I guess? Where he makes, like, three or four completely different moral choices, and I don't understand why.
0: I mean, but... I think the purpose of, a, of episode six was also to demonstrate, like, his backstory. Like, he used to run with these people. And that's right? fair.
1: Like, I'm I'm down with the concept of the episode. I just, I like, none of these characters have made interesting choices to me beyond, like, maybe episode three or four. Hmm. um, And especially all of the side characters that we meet, they just get no backstory and almost no personality aside from, like, one stock trope. And so it's hard for me to invest in really anything when no one's fleshed out as an interesting person. See, but I feel like
0: you've got to think of this as like the first half of season one of S.H.I.E.L.D.
1: See, even then, though, like, like people mm-hmm. made interesting choices in that season. You've got like Gemma being like, I'm going to die. I'm taking this with me and just stuff like that.
0: Wait, wait what was that?
1: That was... um. When she gets, like, the Chitari virus or whatever, and she's ready to, like, jump off the the bus.
0: Oh. Like, that episode's
1: incredible. Was... Um,
0: like, I'm not saying there weren't good episodes in season one, mm-hmm. early season one of S.H.I.E.L.D. But, but I'm what just... you're
1: saying, like, episode, season one is really episodic. And my problem yeah. isn't with things being episodic. It's with them being episodic and not interesting.
0: See, I don't know. I found them interesting, though. Yeah. Like, I... I can understand the criticism of episode 6 cuz I feel like a lot of that was pretty pointless.
1: Episode um, Episode 5 and 6 are my biggest problems. Also episode 2 I wasn't a huge fan of, but like I still had faith in the show at that point. See, episode
0: 5 I kind of enjoyed just because oh. of like everything to do with tattooing and it was like I
1: hated that we went back to tattooing,
0: but we had to. Why? For Boba Fett.
1: We don't know if it's bo- going to be Boba. Fett. I get you know what I, it, you know it, what I'm it betting. It should be Boba Fett.
0: You, you know what I'm betting though. Mm. Okay, end of episode eight. They're or at some time maybe no. I'm thinking end of episode eight. Yeah. Like they're probably going to still be surrounded, like almost dead. Like, like
1: still at the end of episode eight, they're yes. gonna be stuck in that yes. room the entire episode. Or maybe they find themselves in a different. Honestly, I'd anyway. be kind of fine with that if they did it well.
0: Anyway, you just see Slave One, like, <sighs> appear overhead. And just, like, light up the stormtroopers. And then the, the season ends with, Bo- with Boba Fett exiting out of Slave 1. Don't give me And hope. then just, like, cuts. And also, Baby Yoda's gonna live.
1: Baby Yoda's gonna live. I want... I, I just... I want, I want something drastic to happen to Baby Yoda. No. Baby
0: Yoda will live.
1: Like, the end of the episode, I wanted to be impacted by that. But I wasn't, because I didn't care. Oh, my God.
0: I was crying for you for my son. No, I wasn't. actually. I've seen
1: people who are like, man, this episode was so emotional. I'm like, I felt absolutely. I mean,
0: I thought the ending was shot really well.
1: It was. I think it was shot confusingly. I understand what they were trying to do. I just.
0: Are you critiquing Deborah Chow?
1: Yeah. I really liked episode one, three and four.
0: And she directed episode four.
1: I thought she directed episode three. Nope. Four. Okay. I liked episode four. Maybe it
0: was three. Who directed episode four then? I don't remember. It was either three or four. I think it was you three because right. I remember
1: three being really good and everyone yeah. being like, this was Deborah Chow. Um,
0: yeah, you might be right.
1: I don't like anyone involved as a bad director or a bad writer or a bad storyteller. It's just this doesn't seem like their best shot.
0: I feel like you have high hopes for episode eight because the director is Taika Waititi.
1: I I have no hopes for episode eight. You should... I want episode eight to be good. I don't expect it to be did good. Did you
0: see what he did to thor
1: i've seen like almost every movie he's made and i exactly. love all of them but so, i also love a lot of dave Filoni stuff and episode five was bad
0: i feel it but he also it was his first time directing a live action That's anything. fair like it was his first attempt yeah. so I'm, i i go easy on that and it was
1: but even my problem isn't as much the directing as it is like the writing and the characters because yeah. the characters in episode five you have discount james franco um, whose motivation makes no sense, because he's like, I'm a bounty. I want to be a really cool bounty hunter. I'm True. not in it for the money. I just want to be a bounty hunter.
0: Yeah, no, you're you're right about
1: that. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense at all. Um, and then you have mm-hmm. freaking Mei Na Wen, who's
0: yeah, it was disappointing.
1: Cra- she's like- not dead though. You don't think she's dead? No, I I don't want her to be dead. I don't expect them to not make her dead. But like, I love her as an actor. Her character might as well not exist.
0: Yeah, oh, I mean, like, everything, like, that episode. And there was like,
1: Crazy Hair Lady with the pit droids. I thought
0: she was fine. I didn't. She was supposed to, she's a comedian. She's supposed to add humor to it. She wasn't funny. She was fine. She liked Baby Yoda, and that's good enough for me.
1: Anyway, I don't hate the Mandalorian. Mandalorian is fun. I just wish it was more than what it is.
0: That's fair, and I feel like you just need to wait for. I think season two will start to. I don't know, jump into things more, but we'll see. Maybe Um, we need to move on from this because we've already spent. This is turning to the Star Wars podcast. I'm down with that. Um, Okay, quick story, and then we're gonna jump into your quick review of the Rise of Skywalker. See how quick it is, homeboy. Um, So recently, we're both going to Europe. I think we said that in the last episode. We mentioned that it might happen. Well, it's happening well last week we were told to send in like forms and documents and whatnot you know yeah like our passport so i got my passport took a picture of it totally forgot about all of that until like monday at 4 a.m nice and i'm like oh crap what am i gonna do i didn't i thought there were like two forms we had to fill out Mm. there were ten
1: yeah, it's like a long document. It was
0: a long document. And one of them was asking for like travel insurance, of which I did not have travel insurance that's, yet.
1: That's the thing I'm still stuck on. I haven't handed that in yet.
0: I just handed it in and didn't fill that part out. But the worst part was at 4 a.m. I needed a non-family member witness. Oh, yeah. So what do I do? I hit up Facebook Messenger and looked to see who's online. No one's online. So I'm like, uh-oh. Finally, one person comes online. And it's my my friend who i was i was in his wedding party oh nice who i didn't expect to be online at 4 a.m because he's like no i can never reach him when i need to wham bam i'm able to get a signature at like 5 a.m to get this done look at that and that was such a clutch moment and it scared me and i was so stressed out for two hours and then i found out today that other people still haven't submitted their forms and i was really pissed that i spent all that time at night doing that so point is all of you who didn't submit your forms hi you have no excuse i was up at 5 a.m oh
1: i don't have an excuse
0: did you not submit any of them uh, No,
1: i'm doing it today here's the thing
0: you need
1: yep here's the thing um tuesday happened and i was like oh whoops that should be in but um, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how I, I had other stuff going on and also i was here's here's my thing I get, like, hyper-focused on one thing, and then everything else just stops mattering. And so I was like, exam season. And I just didn't care. I was like, oh, I should hand this in. And so I started caring a couple days ago. And then I was like, I don't have this travel insurance stuff. And so I sent a text to my parents. I was like, I need this. And then they have said, not... They, they've been figuring it out, but I think today yeah. everything will be clear, so that's good. Yeah, I
0: still don't have my travel insurance figured out, but I'll hand it in at some point. That's fair. Um, Okay, that was my quick story. Yesterday, Oh yeah, by the way, we should have had guests for this podcast, but I screwed up. Actually, it's okay, we will amend that. We, we, we're going to fix this by the end of the episode. It's going to be fun. But basically, that means...
1: Hey Noah, why don't we have guests for this episode?
0: Well, we booked one and then she got really, really busy and couldn't make it. Then we booked another. Well, I booked another for yesterday night, Thursday. And I realized literally an hour and a half before we were going to record that I had dinner with my grandma, literally that at that exact same time. And I was already in Calgary at the ODR, like 10, 15 minutes away from Ambrose. And I was so upset that I messed that up. But basically we're still gonna call her on the phone and she's gonna say some things yeah um and you know it's funny this morning like it's my birthday today yeah happy birthday this. noah thank you i need to hint at that
1: um, i was gonna bring it up if you didn't
0: um all i was gonna say is that this morning while i was sleeping most Good people movie. most people on their birthday are like oh yeah they're thinking about you know birthday stuff i was literally asleep dreaming about my podcast but now we need to jump into Glennon's review of the rise of Skywalker. Now this will might contain spoilers. So if you don't, if you haven't seen the movie yet, mm-hmm. I think
1: we're going to start spoiler free and then we might move into. You spoilers. have
0: nine minutes.
1: We'll see how that works. Um, so like what I said on Facebook is literally what I was thinking through the movie. Yes. Like I, it just kept running through my mind through the movie of this movie makes a lot of bold choices. And does them in the least interesting way possible. And then reverses half of them. Yep. And I feel like that's just kind of my overall opinion. The The two core, there's two core choices that this movie revolves around. One of them could have been done well, probably. The other one is basically J.J. J. Abrams saying like, oh, you didn't like the last two movies? Well, screw this. Screw that. Here's this. Here's the thing. Um, my overall Force Awakens was really, really fun and had some interesting setup. Last mm-hmm. Jedi, contrary to opinion, doesn't dismiss that setup. It actually, like, I think evolves in it into some interesting directions and says, "Hey, let's explore these characters in a really intentional way." Um, Rise of Skywalker says, "Oh, actually, no. Um, these decisions that the characters made, they don't matter." These things that the last movie was entirely about, they don't matter, which is kind of like the criticism that has been leveled against Last Jedi, and so it it feels a little banal to just like repeat it. But that this movie feels a lot more reactionary than the Last Jedi does. This movie feels like it looked at Tumblr posts of what people wanted from a Star Wars movie and just did that, but badly.
0: Why do I feel like you follow Scott Mendelssohn on Twitter? I.
1: I don't think I do.
0: I swear that's what he said.
1: I mean, he's right.
0: He was a little too angry after this movie, though. Yeah, that's he, the thing. He was like, he was steaming on Twitter.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. I've seen a lot of people who were, like, legitimately angry at this movie. I'm not angry at this movie. I had some fun. Um, I laughed at things that shouldn't have been funny. Mm. Um, but mostly, it was just okay. Um, it was really, it's a really disappointing sequel to Last Jedi, as a movie on its own, it's real cluttered and messy and kind of dumb, but it's like entertaining.
0: Can I, can I just say that I feel like this whole sequel trilogy feels really like pointless to me? Like it just feels like it's just redoing everything that happened in the original trilogy, and this is with the same outcome.
1: This is the this is the thing that bothers me the most about Rise of Skywalker is I've seen people who have been like, "Oh, can you blame JJ?" Ryan Johnson didn't give him anything, which is like, first of all, just dumb. Because, um, like, the end of Empire, the questions you have everyone's like, Last Jedi needed more questions. End of Empire, the questions you have how is the rebellion going to win? Um, what happens with Luke and Vader? And how do we get Han out of carbonate? I think those yes. are the central questions. The questions you're left with at the end of Last Jedi how is the resistance going to win? How does the relationship between, like, um, Ray and Kylo go? And, like, what happens with Luke? What happens with the Jedi?
0: Well, we know what happens with Luke.
1: Well, yeah, but, like, we figure he's going to come back as a Force ghost and stuff. And, like, there's all these... Last Jedi leaves a lot of threads. Like, what's the third lesson? And all these different things. And Rise of Skywalker doesn't do anything with those
0: um i mean I don't, I don't i don't remember anything about the third lesson
1: because luke is like i've got three lessons for you and he gives her two and there's never a third lesson
0: wasn't it the third just that he like he sacrificed himself
1: i mean it's not spelled out Which, like that could be a way to do it
0: because here's the thing like i know a lot of spoilers already for the rise of skywalker though yeah. know, i haven't seen it because i read the leaks because i didn't think they were real Right, they so. came out a month and a half to two months ago, yeah. And they were pretty much right on the money, yeah. Which is, I forgot that JJ J. Abrams and Bad Robot have a leak problem.
1: Also, after watching this movie, I'm just not convinced JJ J. Abrams is a good storyteller because not only I do don't it,
0: know, though. he has a pretty good track record
1: of, does at he? Least of beginning things,
0: he has a bad track record of ending things, yeah. Which
1: is why he's a bad choice for like this uh, movie, lost. particularly. Here's the thing um jj is good at like intense like viscerating action and like setup and especially at taking things that somebody has already done and like looking at it again because that's just kind of all he did with star trek like into darkness is just him wanting to make wrath of khan again
0: here's the thing like i I didn't even i don't even think i actually feel a lot like the way i felt going to into darkness is the way i feel going to the rise of skywalker because i read leaks for that too by accident whoops but the, which was also, like... But I feel like...
1: And, like, in the Darkness is a fun movie. Like, Just it's a fun... happens.
0: And I don't... I don't know. I, I didn't love the direction. Like, I feel like I enjoyed Beyond more than I enjoyed Into the Darkness. Beyond's a great movie. Beyond actually felt like a Star Trek movie. It does. I love Beyond. Like, and I, I like the first... Like, the new Star Trek movies. But I don't know if it's particularly a good movie. Yeah, it's like, been a I long time. Um, but... But, like, having watched, like, TNG and most of Deep, Deep Space Nine at this point... Oh, yeah. Like, I like Beyond more than I like mm-hmm. the other two
1: recently. yeah. Movies. Like, my thing... Rise of Skywalker not only feels like a bad sequel to Last Jedi, it feels like a bad sequel to The Force Awakens. And it also just feels like a poorly conceived movie in terms of character choices and stuff. I just feel like they could have ended the...
0: Well, not just the trilogy, but, like, the... What would you call it? The saga? Mm-hmm. In a more I don't know, satisfying way. Than oh, I
1: did. absolutely. And and this is my thing. Um I th- think I was starting to say this, but Are we spoiling now? No, not yet. Um People people have this reaction of like like JJ was forced to do Rise of Skywalker the way it was. That's not true. There are ways that you could have taken what the Force Awakens and The Last Jedi set up and then united them in a way that retroactively made those movies look more cohesive. That's kind of what Dark Knight Rises does. Um, Dark Knight Rises has, like, problems on its own but I feel like it does a good job of taking Batman Begins and The Dark Knight which are, like, pretty standalone movies and saying, like, hey, look, there is kind of an overarching theme mm. to this and direction to this. Yeah. Um, And Rise of Skywalker doesn't do that. It just... It introduces so many new elements. Like, I'm not even talking about um, the character that has been teased in all the trailers and everything. Just, like, there's so many things that are randomly introduced that you could have, like, just used prior lore for. Here's the,
0: Here's the thing that I feel like uh, that plagued the sequel trilogy as a whole. They should have had, like, a cohesive story going absolutely. into it. And it does not look like they did. Yeah, like. I'm- if they would have, there's no way they would have left the introduction of Palpatine to the, the last No episode. because like, it's
1: so this movie feels more clearly than anything else that like they have no idea what they're doing with the story or with the characters.:
0: I don't think they're familiar with like Star Trek Star Trek, Star Wars Lore, yeah. as a whole.
1: Like I they, think J.J. J. Abrams specifically isn't very familiar with Star Wars Lore
0: like there's so much in in the EU that they could have used. Oh yeah. And instead we got well, this.
1: Anyway, do you want to get you you're really itching to get into spoilers. I feel like that's a good like spoiler to take.
0: We got to like keep this moving. So.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Spoilers. Time, spoilers finally. from now on. Can you you can talk
0: about the fact that Duel of the Fates is not in the movie.
1: Yeah, Duel of the Fates. Is, you can you can edit this and be like, "Hey, clicked at this point if you don't want spoilers jump
0: to the 45 minute 45 second mark if you want to avoid spoilers okay hold on hold on though
1: yeah duel of the fates doesn't show up
0: so what was this like what was the score for when they're actually doing their lightsaber battle
1: honestly i don't remember i have no like i somebody was talking to me about this uh on the drive back and i don't remember the score for that fight honestly the fight on endor is boring
0: You didn't need to... I didn't know that, but... What?
1: That they fought on Endor. You see that in the trailers.
0: I knew they were on Endor. I didn't know they fought on Endor.
1: You see that in the trailers.
0: You see, I read the leaks, but I skipped through them because I didn't want to know everything. They're they're
1: fighting on the wreckage of the Death Star. Yeah, I know. I know.
0: Okay, I'm curious... I didn't know Endor had water.
1: I I think it's in the Endor system. I don't think it's the planet Yeah, I think it's a
0: different moon or something. Yeah,
1: but okay, what... I want to hear what you got from the leaks. Um,
0: So basically, like, a lot of the plot elements, like, throughout the movie, I kind of just ignored because I didn't want to spoil everything. Like, Mm. for example, um, like, Poe and Finn, I don't know much about their storyline. I know something about, like, being trapped in sand and that Finn is going to tell Ray something and then he doesn't.
1: Yeah. There's a lot... That wait, that was in the leaks where like he just doesn't tell her the thing he was gonna say.
0: Oh no, I'm pretty sure I read that after the (laughs) okay,
1: yeah, which is dumb. It's like this whole three beat setup where it's like Ray, I need to tell you something, and post like, What are you gonna tell Ray? Like, ah, we'll talk about it later, and then it never comes up. What
0: do you think it is though? I I think I think it's one of two things,
1: yeah. What do you think? I thought it was gonna be like Ray, I love you, or something like that. Um, I like what's your other thing
0: that he's force sensitive.
1: Or that is force sensitive. Yeah, those are the two options. I really like the idea because, like, this happens when they're on the sand planet, about mm-hmm. to like fall, get into the sand trap. I like the idea that he was just going to say, "I don't like sand."
0: Yeah, that would have been great. <laughs> can we? Can we? Okay, I don't know why I read this part. It sucks because I know the ending really well, and the that's the worst part. Like
1: the first like, half of the movie is really fun.
0: Can I? Can I just say that they put Anakin's like lightsaber? Mm. In sand. Yeah. What kind of BS is that? Yeah. How upset. He literally. His whole story is I hate sand.
1: That's his entire arc. The whole, like, last fight. You're talking about, like, the last five minutes or so. Where she
0: goes back to. Uh, to It uh, the, didn't the make home. any.
1: Like, I get that that was supposed to be nostalgia. Like, look, we're back Dumb. on, like. Dumb. We're back on, like, the household or whatever. For, Why? It doesn't make any sense. Raya right? has no reason to go there. Can I? Can I just? Ray has no character attachment to that place, and she
0: just has no character attachment to like Luke. Yeah, she didn't even like Luke for most of it.
1: Like Luke, Luke shows up at the end of Last Jedi and is myth- yeah. mythologized as a hero, but Ray
0: wasn't even there.
1: Ray wasn't there, but she probably heard about it. She's yeah. probably aware of it. I'm okay with that. There's no reason for her to go back to like the household. Well, and like, and there's no reason for him to let's take his name. Point
0: out that Anakin hated Tatooine. Everyone, hated everyone hates Tatooine. Tatooine's a bad place. So why go back there and act like it's some special place when literally every other Skywalker hated that place? Here's the thing.
1: Have you read my um, discussion on Return of the Jedi yet? No, I haven't read okay. it Okay. This is a thing. Return of the Jedi goes back to Tatooine. And since then, we keep going back to Tatooine.
0: Yeah. That one I feel like is at least somewhat more justified it's, with the it's, plot.
1: It's definitely more justified, but it's like... It's this recurring thing, Return of the Jedi, Empire Strikes Back is like completely new locations, completely new lore, completely new stakes. And the Return of the Jedi is like, let's go back to Tatooine, let's go back to Death Stars. And every movie has gone back to at least one of those two elements. Speaking of which, one of the funniest moments in this movie to me, um, I don't, you haven't mentioned this at all, but I'm going to say it. Um, There's Mm. a reveal with the Star Destroyers. Isn't there something to do with like the navigational devices or something? There's that. Um that is like a weird plot point. So you haven't heard about this then. Um <laughs> What? There's a point where they reveal so
0: Wait, is it that each of them has like a Death Star? Yeah. Or... Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Never heard yeah.
1: So so Palpatine builds this whole Star Destroyer fleet and, and every single it. one of them has a Death Star cannon, which is the dumbest thing.
0: I've heard that the like Ian McDermott's performance is really good though. It's fine and so is um adam driver's performance
1: adam driver is good um he doesn't get any lines after his redemption
0: i know apparently his only line is ow yeah um (laughs) i almost feel like i don't want to talk about what happens at the
1: end like that ending what what's your what's your point of contention
0: no i don't have an issue with like that plot point it's just
1: i have an issue with the way it happens
0: and i don't want to know that actually oh do you not know how it happens i i know a little bit but i kind of want to keep that It's not exciting. But it should be.
1: It should be. That should be, like, the big emotional turning point of the movie, and it just kind of happens.
0: Literally, they both resurrect each other at different points in the movie.
1: That's also true. Literally, okay, this is... There is so much dumb resurrection in this movie. Um, Because there's so many things where, like, a character dies, or a character has a kind of death, and you're like, Mm -hmm. that's really cool. I don't necessarily like the way they did this, but this is a really interesting character decision. And then... I think all of them are undone by the end of the movie.
0: I only know of one death where someone actually stays dead. Which one? Well, oh, Kylo Ren, well, okay. yeah. And I don't, I don't really want to learn anymore. But I don't want to learn about any other character
1: deaths. Okay.
0: As long as Wedge Antilles stays alive.
1: Okay, Wedge has like a cameo, and it's my favorite part of the movie. Good. That's like one of the few moments of pure joy that I have in that movie is when Wedge shows up and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, it's Wedge." There you go. Wedge that's, is so good. I know I've read about that ahead of time also. Yeah. Um, can I talk about C-3PO at least?
0: Ye-
1: yes. Does he actually get his mind wiped? And that's Kay. it? No, it's worse than that. Oh. Um, so all of you Remember how all, like a bunch of the trailers had C-3PO with like glowing red eyes? Yeah. And all of, like, the promo material had him with, like, Chewie's, like, bow cast or whatever. Yeah, Everyone's like, what the heck is going to happen to C-3PO? So, what happens to C-3PO? Um, so, C-3PO reads um, some information on... It's, like, on a Sith dagger. And his protocol stops him from translating it for some reason. Um, and so, in order to get him to translate it, they have to wipe his memory. And so, they take him to a place... And then it's like a whole moment, and he has like that line from the trailer. I'm like, I'm looking at all my friends for the last time, even though everyone's a complete jerk to C-3PO. The entire movie, it, it it's a really Oof. bad like line in context. Um, and he's like, I'm looking at my friends for the last time, and then he gets his memory wiped. Um, again. Again, and then he wait. Well, like there's a there's a whole line where Poe's like, maybe maybe R2 can restore a backup, and C-3PO's like, no, R2, like astromech units have notoriously bad memory um which is a weird line if you think about it too long um and so yeah so three gets his mind wiped and then he wakes up and he has the red eyes and he's like this is the information from the sith thing and then his eyes go normal again and that's the only thing that comes out of that um and he's like introducing himself to people and they're like we already know you and then r2 gives him his memories back oh wait really yeah also, the thing with the bowcaster, um, C-3PO is, like, walking around, and he doesn't know what, what's going on, and R2 gives, or R2, I think Ray gives him, like, the bowcaster and a bunch of stuff, and then he goes and gives them to someone else and never uses them. Oh! <laughs>
0: I kind of like that the prequels did a better job of wiping C-3PO's They memory. did. It
1: was an actual, like, dramatic moment in the prequels. I mean, this it literally doesn't mean anything.
0: That's just disappointing.
1: And that's the entire movie, is just decisions like that, where I'm like, okay, erasing C-3PO's m- memories would be, like, a really interesting choice. And if they had him come back and was like, different or evil or like more impulsive or violent like okay that's like an interesting direction to take him like i'm not excited for it but it could be fun but it Mm. just does nothing with every decision that it makes
0: okay how do you feel about han solo's cameo it felt weird did you like the the line though
1: the line was really like here's the thing i loved i liked the dialogue a lot Mm. um i don't necessarily feel like it was earned and I feel like it mm-hmm. could have been. I think it was supposed to be Carrie Fisher, and they just couldn't get her to do it because she's dead. Hmm. Um, yeah. I think it could have been Luke, and it would have made more sense, especially at the end of Last Jedi, where Luke's like, "See you around, kid." Yeah. Um, it could have been Luke. It also could have been Anakin. Yep. And it would have made sense. I feel like Harrison. As, 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 as I get what they're going for with ha- having to be Han Solo, and there's some nice like imagery and dialogue but it could have been anyone else and made more sense
0: i feel like the biggest problem with this movie is how it used the skywalkers and the palpatine yeah and how that undid a lot of like star
1: wars we don't even we haven't even talked about like the big central things where it's like the palpatine stuff that's exactly that's where i'm let's kind of address that yeah because like you can do a movie where palpatine comes back and it's fine yeah I think that movie would be, he is a Sith ghost tied to the Death Star, and he's, like, manipulating things but through shadows. He's not freaking building a giant fleet and has a giant, like, congregation of acolytes in a like, arena that just chant things for no reason and don't it. make sense. <laughs> that was weird. Because um, Palpatine's a puppet master, and I feel like if you want to include Palpatine, you do it to push kylo ren and ray towards a conclusion Mm. you don't use him to be the big villain behind everything and that's kind of what they try to do with him and it doesn't work also ray being a palpatine is dumb see
0: that that's more interesting to me because i feel like that came out of
1: nowhere it did come out of nowhere because it's dumb
0: actually it didn't there was one person there's one person after the force awakens and that, that there, figured there's out always one person that she was a
1: Palpatine. I, you say figured out like it was some big secret. Well,
0: they played a Palpatine's theme for her at one point in the movie or something.
1: I'll have to look through that.
0: And that's why everybody thought that it was like, or well, everybody
1: now thinks that that
0: guy might've actually been onto something, but at the same time, that's the, if that's the only hint, that's pretty like.
1: Yeah. Here's the thing. Um, Kylo Ren's theme is built out of the same chord progression Mm. as Palpatine's theme, and Ray's theme is an inverse of Kylo Ren's theme. Oh, interesting. So that might be what that is.
0: Can I just say I'm disappointed that... They didn't both live because I thought that was kind of the whole point. I'm just—it's
1: dis- it was- dumb. Like the movie itself says, like they are a dyad. They yeah. exist together, yeah. and then one of them dies. dies. It's super dumb. I like the idea of Ben re- being redeemed. I think they needed to do more with it than what they did because they didn't do enough with it. And then he dies, which is really pointless, I think.
0: Do you want to know what the leaks were about that, though? What? Originally, it was that he gets yeeted into a pit and is never to be seen again.
1: So he does get yeeted into a pit. But he does... Is but seen he rises again. out of yeah. it. Yeah. That's the rise that of Skywalker. Was, that was the rise of Skywalker. Palpatine is literally like, I'm going to do to you what you did to me. And, like, throws him into a pit. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of
0: great. <laughs> um, Can we... Can I just point out that like there's a lot of theories that palpatine is responsible for anakin's creation
1: i think that makes sense i think that's like Which, implied
0: yeah can can we point out then that ray and ben are technically related technically through their grand also
1: i like the implication that palpatine
0: oh palpatine's doing it palpatine's doing it palpatine is like but i mean at his age obviously he's bound to have had a lot of sex
2: I,
1: yeah I wish she was if anything I wish she was his great granddaughter the fact that she's his granddaughter is well, like even better th- this means like old wrinkly Palpatine was going around
0: mm, no it it does because her parents were like what 25 or something or yeah, tw- something like that 21 25 Ray's younger than
1: Kylo Ren is yes
0: yeah, so Ray's 20 but her parents were like 20 25 when she was born so we're talking like 40 years in the past. We're talking like prequels Palpatine. Uh, and here's the thing that man was smooth.
1: I, I don't know if we are. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, I think it's prequels palpatine. It has to be. <sighs> it's the only time. I don't, know, that makes I don't sense. know if the timeline matches up for that. But or also maybe
0: maybe it could be like in between episode three and episode four Palpatine. I think I think that's what it is. That's fine. He's scarred. He had,
1: you know. I just
0: prostitutes
2: exist
1: we talked yikes we talked last week about my my thoughts on the Ray character and mm. my thoughts still stand um just I have to ignore this movie because like the way the first two movies present her as is somebody who is trying to find who she is and she finds herself not in her lineage but in self-actualization no. um her lineage doesn't matter well um what matters is who she is and it's this movie true. says. No, you're a Palpatine. That's why you can do anything, and that's dumb. It's it's a complete but sabotage. Then she denies that. She denies it, but it's still like a fact.
0: And she ends up saying, "I'm Rey Skywalker," which is
1: also dumb because that's also her like tying herself to other lineages and not herself. But
0: weirdly enough, I do feel like it, it completes the New Testament parallel.
1: I guess, but I don't know. It's very much a betrayal of what Ryan Johnson and I feel like what Abrams himself set up and. The Force Awakens. Because The Force Awakens is like, you need to get away from your parents. They don't matter. And then Last Jedi is like, your parents didn't care about you. And this movie is like, your parents loved you a lot, by the way. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah, but they also were nobodies. <sighs> but they're nobodies who had the last name Palpatine, which is dumb. Yeah, Good old Palpatine. Also, I like how we're treating Palpatine like a last name. Because <laughs> yep. it is but also, Sheev Palpatine's a stupid frickin' name. I love that name. You take that back. A- anytime I see people refer to the Emperor as, like, Sheev, I'm like, what are you doing? I just
0: refer to him as the Senate. Um, but yeah, I just like, feel like the the whole Star Wars thing where it ends with a Palpatine being the sole survivor and all the Skywalkers are dead. It's
1: really stupid.
0: <laughs> it's just like... Doesn't that mean Palpatine won? <laughs> it kind of does. Like his whole goal was to have his lineage survive, and the Skywalker's die. It's super dumb. And like, that's what happens.
1: It's so dumb. I don't, I don't, I don't agree with it. I don't like it. It's like a fun movie, but it's a bad conclusion. And then obviously,
0: Anakin's not in the movie, which big disappointment. So
1: I mean, he's sort of in the movie. His voice. He is has
0: like three lines over yeah. like a bunch of other lines and apparently ahsoka's in that part which is kind of cool which is but cool. also sad because that means she's dead
1: yeah i mean she's gonna die eventually yeah but nobody knew she was dead at this point yeah that's uh, a bit
0: of a way to apparently qui-gon's in there too he is happy that's cool and mace wind i can't believe they got yeah. all these actors back. i i'm
1: honestly the most surprised that they got harrison ford back yeah
0: <laughs> but if they like why didn't i don't understand why they didn't have a moment where like all the force ghosts just like show up it
1: would have not been the ch- most cheesy thing to happen in that movie. Exactly. They have, um, everyone has a Death Star on their ship, and also Palpatine shoots lightning in the air and blows a bunch of stuff up, and it's so dumb. Hey, Unlimited power. That was the second moment I laughed out loud in the theater when I knew I shouldn't have.
0: Unlimited power.
1: And then there's, like, other things this movie has. Like, Re- Rose doesn't do anything in this yeah, movie. Yeah, apparently she
0: has less lines than, like, some of the new characters.
1: <laughs> and none of the new characters are good. Like, lando
0: good though
1: lando's okay they yeah. do some all right things with lando but they've got like a dio this droid who serves one purpose and is comedic relief and is stupid they have um zazie so Z- i don't remember what her name is um some character who's like attached to poe and doesn't really have a characterization is is like on- Carrie russell's character yeah. yeah she's like just okay um, and then Lando's
0: daughter, who's not actually his daughter, but yeah. is actually his daughter—like that's
1: not revealed in the movie. And the last line between them is really weird yep. and vaguely uncomfortable.
0: And it's because they cut out the whole plot line where she's she is actually his daughter. Because yeah. Lando's like,
1: "Hey, do you have a family lineage?" And it's like, it's like either sequel a bait. line. It feels like a pickup line. Like it reads like a pickup line, and it's super weird. Also, she is she's a boring character. She, she literally, she's, there is like a Rose replacement because there's a moment where she shows up and talks to Finn and Rose's theme plays. And I'm like, what the heck? So here's the thing about Rose. Like, I feel like she had a pretty decent arc actually in The Last Jedi.
0: Oh, no, and I'm, I'm okay with her not being much in this movie, but it's also weird that they replaced her. As well. Yeah.
1: Like I'm fine with her in The Last Jedi. I feel like the solution to people not liking her isn't to remove her from the movie. It's to give her something like important to do. Mm-hmm um but instead they remove her from the movie and replace her with all these other people who are less interesting than her like the what was that tandy newton is that the actress For who? um lando's fake daughter oh i don't know i'm trying to remember if that's tandy newton or that's someone else um i just remember the name tandy newton being used i don't know what she looks like or anything um Because, yeah, she shows up, and she's like, hey, I was also a stormtrooper, and that's the only character she gets. Also, she rides horses. Well, I feel like she's... This movie introduces so many people who don't do anything interesting just to, like, fill with plot. Once you get into, like, um, exploring the Death Star, which is real short for some reason and then everything with the end game is just like really really boring and just a lot of like visual spectacle that doesn't mean anything
0: i'm gonna quickly jump in from the future because i've now seen the movie and i actually kind of really enjoyed it i recognize that there are definitely pacing issues and plot issues but at the same time i feel like it does explore the theme of fate versus free will in like a fairly enjoyable way it's not the most original way Or the best way. Because it's been done in far better forms. But at the same time. It's an interesting comparison or contrast. With Revenge of the Sith. Where Anakin is clearly fated. To fall to the dark side. After he's been fated. To be like the chosen one. It's an interesting like fate versus free will. Exploration in the Revenge of the Sith as well. Because he feels fated. Or it's always been. His destiny to be the chosen one. But then throughout the movie. It's like. He feels like it's fate that Padme is going to die and he has to try to save her and that involves turning to the dark side and Palpatine's been manipulating him for the last like 15-20 years or whatever um so it's interesting that as opposed to that you get that Ben does believe both he and Rey are fated to fall in the rise of Skywalker and that's a belief that Rey struggles with throughout the film especially once she finds out that she's a Palpatine she feels like it's her destiny to well fall to the dark side and rule from there however they both both characters realize that they're able to choose their own fates Um, even though she was created by the embodiment of the sith and is drawn to the dark side ray chooses the path of the jedi and draws her power from them it's interesting that in that final scene of her versus palpatine it's clear that her power is not being drawn from her genetics per se but from the jedi of the past that she's finally able to communicate with um yeah so i found that i don't know i think like i don't think she's just a powerful jedi because she's a palpatine i think it's also because she chooses to embrace the the force from or through the jedi heritage kind of thing um, so really her fate isn't determined by her genetics or by her being a Palpatine but by her being herself by her being able to choose her path um, and similarly like Ben's whole life is orchestrated by Palpatine to follow the dark side much like Anakin and he still chooses the path of redemption in the end and in the ultimate reversal of Anakin's actions towards Padme in Revenge of the Sith Ben chooses to give his life for Rey it's almost like not only redeeming himself but kind of redeeming what happened with anakin and padme back however many years it was 60 years prior i guess it's something something like that so i feel like the other there are ex- interesting themes being explored in the movie i think ray choosing to be a skywalker by the end is more so about her finally finding that belonging that she's been searching for throughout her whole life she finally finds it not in being a palpatine not in her blood relations but in being able to choose who her family is being able to choose the jedi being able to choose to be a skywalker um so i don't know i think there is purpose to it and i think there's i feel like i was unfair towards the movie because i hadn't seen it yet and now that i've thought about it a bit more than i've seen it i've actually really enjoyed it so that's my um quick little take here just so i can get some some of my thoughts in well let's get okay well let's wrap up the star wars thing i don't know what, what do you want to say to end it
1: rise of skywalker is just okay last jedi is a masterpiece Uh oh that's all i got let's move on yep um
0: brief we're gonna address like four different this is gonna be like rapid fire trending topics basically and then we're gonna do a christmas segment okay because okay. I told everyone I'd call them between two and three, and we're getting close to the three mark. Okay, that's fair. Um, rapid fire trending segment. Uh, maybe I'll ask you, and we'll just quickly give our opinion on stuff. Okay. Um, Franklin Graham's response to Trump's impeachment and Christianity Today's response. Yeah,
1: Christianity Today is the most interesting yeah, thing. That's what I was going to say. Um, and then like, did you see Franklin Graham's response to Christianity Today? Yeah, that's okay. what I was referring yeah. to. Um, here's the thing. Trump's impeachment is like it's okay like i'm down for it it's okay i'm down for it will it last will the senate let it pass that's an interesting question well
0: here's the thing though trump is the senate
1: palpatine's that's why this movie had to bring palpatine back yeah because he's the senate and this movie is just foreshadowing of what's going to happen
0: i no, actually right now the scene between like mace windu and palpatine is happening
1: yeah exactly um I really like that Christianity Today stood up and was yep. like, yo, Trump's a bad person. Yep. I was really impressed by that. Like I legit I think my favorite post on Twitter this week. Let me find this. Um I sent it to my friend and they didn't respond. Um Oof. Our event he, our evangelical parents early 2000 JK Rowling is bad and says lies. You yeah. should read something good like Christianity Today. Our generation 2019. <laughs> okay, this doesn't seem right, but
0: uh I mean like they're kind of interrelated now because they both happened the same day, the J.K. Rowling thing. They did. And, like, here's here's my take on the Christianity Today thing. Yeah. Good on them for actually standing up yeah. against Trump when every other evangelical is for yeah. Trump. And Franklin Graham, I if you ever hear this somehow, he won't ever hear this. <laughs> You're a piece of... <laughs> I can't swear on the podcast yet. Franklin Graham... What he said, like, literally, this is a man that I grew up being told was, like, one of the best evangelical leaders in the world. Franklin
1: Graham strikes me as someone who is brainwashed by the legacy of his father and can't live without that.
0: And he threw his father under the bus today. Kind of, yeah. Which is, like, he was 98 years old. I don't even think he has the capability of voting by himself at that point. Yeah.
1: Like... Also, Franklin Graham's statement is really weird because it's, like, very much pro-partisan Christianity. And, like, he straight up makes a statement of, like, um, Christians should be voting Republican. Um, Also, Trump's great because he's pro-life and that appeals to me as a Christian. And I'm like, you can be Christian and not be pro-life, by the way. I like how both Franklin
0: Graham and Trump today referred to Christianity today as, like, a progressive like left-wing christian magazine when it's not yeah at all
1: here's the thing was it um was it toffelmeyer who shared it there, there is someone who was like the fact that like these people are just throwing away throwing around the word liberal like that says yep. everything that needs it to and that's a bad word in of itself says a lot about these people yep and it's just yeah, they don't. They don't understand what
0: it means. They just anybody who's not for Trump is liberal, and and anyone who's liberal is bad. Yep, and that's it's just dichotomies and dualities. Yeah. Finally, we're getting back to the theme of
1: this podcast. There we go. It only <laughs> took us like three episodes. Jeez. Um, cause yeah, it's very much like hey, um, partisan Christianity just bothers me as a whole because mm-hmm. you shouldn't vote based on this party is good and this yep. party is bad. You should vote based on what is this party actually doing and saying. Exactly. And you can like bring your faith into that. Definitely. But don't let it be like, don't let it be so ultimate. Um, Just in the sense of like, again, him saying like, as a Christian, it's good that they're pro-life. It should be like, as a person who, is pro-life like this appeals to me and like maybe you have christian backgrounds to it but like don't say that all pro-lifers are christian because they're not and not all christians are pro-lifers and that's a good thing
0: well the biggest problem is they're equating trump with god that's what they're doing yeah like literally trump is god for them i
1: i literally saw some article i don't know how accurate it was but it was like if i had to choose between jesus and trump i would choose trump
0: well that and i think someone tweeted this yesterday as well That the problem with this is that Not so much that they've made Trump their messiah, but that they want their messiah to be more like Trump. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah, that's accurate.
0: Like, and that's... that's, Like, I don't even know what to say to that. It's just so gross.
1: It's very gross.
0: Like, Trump is... Like, it's a a mess now. Yeah. And somehow evangelicals are still supporting Trump. But at least finally one of, like, the big staples of evangelicalism. Yeah.
1: My hope... Is that with Christianity today being like, you'll wake up, um, more people will, and more people will feel able to, like, stand up and actually have a voice.
0: So here's the thing. Here's why I have my doubts, and this is going to be a good segue into yeah. trending topic number two. Chris Vallotton of Bethel. Mm. You familiar with the man?
1: I'm familiar with the church.
0: Good. Well, he preached, or prophesied, I say that in quotes, this past week, that god is very unhappy with how the democrats are treating trump and so he's going to interfere with the impeachment process and he's going to god i should emphasize that god is going to ensure that trump has a second term that's what he prophesied because god wants trump to have a second term this is one of the most influential pastors in america
1: i just don't understand if like have these people read history
0: apparently they haven't read the old testament <laughs>
1: apparently they haven't read the old testament because god is very much like yo you're not following my will fire you're gonna get overrun by babylon a secular empire
0: do, do, do they need to be reminded about what happens to false prophets and jeremiah when they start preaching on behalf of the king rough did like seriously did do they want a reminder because it's not pretty
1: because yeah like all of all of the prophets, not all of the prophets, but a lot of the prophets in the Old Testament basically have this running theme of, like, anti-monarchy, anti- all these things, and if you're pro-monarchy and you're pro, like, not capitalism, but pro, like, yeah. um, valuing the wealthy over anything else then, like, you need to go. Also, freaking Franklin Graham's post had a thing about, like, how Trump has defeated ISIS, which is <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Like uh, this has nothing to do with anything I was just like that's factually incorrect Yeah well
0: most things That are referred to by Trump Or referred to by followers of Trump Are factually incorrect
1: I was just blatantly incorrect But yeah so Bethel um, Oh boy do we even
0: want to get into the resurrection thing
1: I feel like we need to
0: I was like That's why I was kind of hoping we get Sarah Joy on for this one Because I feel like she'd balance me out And call me out if I'm being a, a dick Yeah Here's the thing, okay. I don't want to critique the family at all, really. Yeah. Because let's let's make this clear. They're in the first stage of grief. Mm -hmm. Grief. Grief. (laughs) Whoops. They're in the first stage of grief. Denial. They're They're in horror. They are the people
1: who walked out of Rise of Skywalker and was like, no, maybe that was a good movie.
0: Yeah. They're they're (laughs) like seriously in like and I can't I can't imagine losing a two year old child out of nowhere. Like just suddenly stopping breathing and Mm -hmm. they're they're gone. Like I would be in denial. Yeah. I would probably be believing these things. I'd I'd be doing,
2: if not worse, things. Mm
0: -hmm. Like, I can't imagine, so I don't want to critique much of the family at all. But Mm -hmm. I will critique the heck out of Bethel for how they've responded to this. Yeah. Because it's ridiculous.
1: It's... Here's my tension. It's not a big tension. Mm. But my tension is always, like... I believe in the power of redemption, and I'm like I sure. want to. I, I I believe in like the ben presence. Solo. What
0: Ben Solo? Yeah,
1: and I believe in like the presence of miracles. Yep. Yeah. But to put expectations on miracles and expectations on redemption, you're is, quoting Nicaela's tweet. <laughs> am I really? Yeah. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't mean to. But to put expectations on God, especially, is mm-hmm. dangerous, and that leads to a crisis of faith. See.
0: Here's the thing for me because I don't think too much about miracles or whether or not they are legitimate. Like I don't care. If Fair. it happens it happens. You know, I'm not going to critique it too much. But with this one, with this one right here.
1: Cuz this has been like industrialized is the problem. This is like
0: yeah, exactly. It's I would almost say corp- what would it be? Corporatized. Yeah. Um the thing is what this is going to do to the family is make them suffer so much more. Exactly. Like clinging to this idea that their child is gonna be resurrected. Exactly. Like And in, this is
1: this is what I'm saying about like expectations. Yeah. Because if oh, yeah, you yeah. if you if you live in hope of like maybe my child will be resurrected, like I would say that's naive and that God would usually be like live in the present. Mm-hmm. Uh Henry Nowen would definitely say that. Um
0: Literally every mystic and spiritual
1: writer ever yeah. would say that. Um uh, Mark Buchanan would say that. Live um, in the now. Live in live in the present. But, like, to say God will resurrect your child yep. and let's start a GoFundMe to make sure that happens is disgusting. It's corporate. It's industrialized. It's profiting off grief. Yep. Um. And it sets expectations on God because what inevitably happens is your child doesn't get resurrected and they're like, where was God in this moment? And that becomes a crisis of faith. And that causes yep. people to leave the church. Yep. It's, um, just it it's just bad theology.
0: It's just bad theology. And it's going to hurt a lot of people. It's going to hurt I, so uh, many people. I tweeted that this week. It's going like, to hurt
1: people. Like, It's going to hurt this family the most, but it's also going to hurt people oh, in the Bethel church. Gosh, 100%. Because they're so,
0: I don't know, brainwashed into believing that yeah. this is like a thing. And like, I listened to Bill Johnson's little like sermon thing on his Instagram because mm-hmm. I heard it was interesting. And his whole... Every, all of this is rooted around his idea that not everyone dies in God's timing. And I'm like,
1: that's real dangerous.
0: How do you even, like, how is that determined? Is yeah, it Just whether or not you like whether they're dead or not, or whether you yeah. feel really bad or just a little bit bad. And this
1: is this like, is always the thing that strikes me when people talk about, like, justice and god's will and all of Mm -hmm. these things is 90 percent of the time it's based on whether it's convenient for the person or not exactly like god's justice is just as long as it's convenient for me and as soon as it's inconvenient for me and as soon as it causes me to like love my neighbor or something like that god is unjust
0: well and like where why is it that god why is it that their child this child's death isn't in god's timing when literally hundreds of children are dying every day yeah like, like,
1: look at, look at like Jesus' birth is surrounded by death, yep, surrounded by infanticide where where is their resurrection?
0: Exactly. like I mean, we can um, refer to the future resurrection if you want, yeah, like, but still, but that's not what we're referring to here. No,
1: like, one, just because one wealthy Christian couple's child has died doesn't guarantee resurrection and shouldn't guarantee their resurrection like um they are not any better off than some woman starving in the streets whose child has died
0: and can i ask why they need hundreds of thousands of if not millions of people
1: to pray for their child to be resurrected yeah like why why do they need the money too
0: and why do they like when when i look at the bible and when i see jesus resurrecting people which twice it happens i think it's more
1: than twice it's
0: two times lazarus and then the centurion's daughter I think.
1: Um, also the the woman, the widow with her son in Luke.
0: Oh, okay, it could be. It could be okay, fine. Anyway,
1: there's at least three.
0: Jesus doesn't need a million people praying no. for this to happen. He doesn't need to wait days upon days for it to happen.
1: There's literally a dude in what is it, Second Kings? Where-, where
0: um I think it's Elijah or Elisha. Yeah, one like, of the two.
1: One of them die. I think it's Elisha. Elisha dies, and his bones are buried, and some dead guy is thrown into his tomb and yeah. jumps back to life. Yeah,
0: the bone. Yeah, the bones thing. Oh, believe me, Bethel loves that story. But
1: Seriously. it's like no one prayed for that. No one expected that. That was just a thing that happened because God yep. was present. And I don't get the sense that God is present for this. And church.
0: here's here's kind of the thing where I, I might I, this might be a little bit too far, but when i think of how they're having their big worship nights now like every night yeah to try to raise this girl from the dead and they're running around chanting and screaming and shouting and singing and whatnot they're all doing all these things i think of elijah yeah on the mountain
1: was it was it the christianity today article that like low-key distanced bethel from christianity yeah and There's basically outed out of them as a cult Yeah. Because that's that's what this is. This is like occultic practice.
0: It's literally Elijah on the mountain watching all the false prophets jump around, screaming and yelling, cutting Mm -hmm. themselves, and him shouting, Why don't you sing a little louder? I don't (sighs) think your gods are awake.
1: Why don't you get Kanye on your worship set? Serious?
0: And I wouldn't surprise me at all if they did. That's the thing. Like, and I'm not... I'm not even going to doubt their intentions. I think they genuinely have some of them, at least, have good intentions. I'm mm-hmm. not saying Bill Johnson has good intentions, but I think some of the, a lot of people at <sighs> that church, genuinely are just trying to follow God and, mm-hmm. or experience God in the best way they can. Mm-hmm. But my goodness, this whole experience and trying to raise them from the dead by doing that, it just yeah the it it feels like the false prophet kind of scenario this is
1: this is what strikes me about a lot of things about like uber conservative christianity where you get into the topics like like racism and sexism and stuff that have been like ingrained in the church i often feel like it's less this these specific people are to blame and more like there are people like what like we were talking about pro-life and like the kind of the leftist. Stereotype of right wingers mm-hmm. uh, who are pro life is like they hate women and they just want to hate women. And there yeah, are that's like not fair. Yeah, and I've I've talked to a lot of people who are pro life and had arguments with people who are pro life, and like the theme generally isn't that they hate women. It's that they have a very different skewed perspective. But I still think um, there is room for like the leadership to be like, yeah, we hate women. And this is oh, the way we get control. And that's how these things start. Yeah, It's not about the people. It's about the leadership. And yep. in this like, yeah, sure. There are people who legitimately believe that this resurrection will happen. Yep. And then there's the leadership who's like, this will get us fame and power and yep. money. And this is the reason we're going to invest in this. Exactly. And that is disgusting.
0: You know what I was waiting for like this last week?
1: Rise of Skywalker to be a good movie?
0: No, I, I remember I read the leaks months ago. <laughs> No, I, was um, um, I was waiting for Trump to comment on the Bethel situation. Has he not? No. That's was. I, th- I was, su- He's I was surprised. He has other things yeah. in his mind. Because I figured Bethel's pretty in- tight with the Trump administration. That's very tight with the Trump administration. So I I was surprised he didn't. Man, wouldn't that have been something?
1: That would have been spicy.
0: All right. I think we got almost gotta-
1: Almost as spicy as J.K. Rowling supporting transphobes. Dang it.
0: Okay. Here's the thing. I don't even want to get into this because it's so complicated and it's like I feel science like science Mike simple. has said has said what needs to be said on Twitter already yeah here's the thing though like the way she's she put it was that like people who are transgender aren't mm. like legitimately transgender yeah because you can't change your sex mm-hmm. while she's technically right that you can't change your sex your sex and your gender are not really related also it's- or at least intertwined.
1: I would say it's less about, like, the details and everything and more just, like, the overall statement that she's giving. Because, like, the person that she's supporting is just objectively a trash person who is, like, abusive to her co-workers and so didn't get rehired. She didn't get fired. She just didn't get her contract renewed. Yeah. Um, And she's trying to frame it as a persecution thing. And J.K. Rowling's like, yeah, I support this. And everyone's like, this is showing your
2: true colors.
0: Well, see, and I haven't—I honestly haven't read too many details. I read one quick article about the thing, so okay. I don't—I don't, I almost don't feel qualified to comment That's on fair. it. That's fair. Um, I disagree, with J.K. Rowling. I understand kind of why she said what she said. I don't know why she's supporting someone else who said it in a much worse way.
1: Yeah, turfs are a whole thing,
0: mm.
1: and yeah, that could be a podcast in and of itself. Yeah so
0: the moral of the story here is that trans people exist they are real so are intersex people and let's stop trying to erase them from existence they are valid and worthy and loved just as every other human being there's a lot to go into that's kind of why i didn't want to broach the topic no that's fair i feel
1: like i wanted to mention it just
0: we'll bring it up we critiqued it now we got to move on to christmas
1: (laughs) this is the joy of the season Happy birthday Jesus Happy birthday Noah Happy birthday Noah I'm
0: here and I'm not Jesus just so you know
1: Good you're Um, you're not Trump
0: Oh boy Spicy So we're gonna call some people and we're gonna ask for their take On Christmas Okay are you ready Hmm. Um I don't know who wants to do the talking Calling people gives me a lot of anxiety Okay I'll call people Well I've got the number though so first up we have logan who i have known for uh well many many years we grew up together we went to the same school and we both ended up at ambrose university where he also met glendon i think this year so what does christmas mean to you
3: all right uh story time (laughs) perfect um and maybe just my own journey Uh, being a kid at Christmas time and kind of the challenges and what I've come to appreciate about it. Um, I feel like a lot of Christmas and what it means to the culture gets very idealized. Um, And so there's a lot of pressure and um, expectations kind of built around Christmas. So it's um, financial obligations or just the pressure of creating perfect moments and even um, the pressure of packing all of the extended family into one room for an entire day and um, kind of some of the tensions that that could bring Mm -hmm. and so um, for me I grew up in a house um, with a family member that had pretty significant um, mental health challenges Mm. and so Christmas time was like just a guarantee to uh, cause cause those things to flare up for the kind uh, of weeks before christmas and christmas and even after christmas mm-hmm. uh, so well like you look forward to christmas cause there's still a lot of good things there's always kind of that um like dark side to it yeah and like when you're a kid. And you look at the idealized or what other people experience or what's on tv or what they're posting on social media and you think that you're the only one who's maybe having a hard time at christmas mm.
2: um
3: and then yeah realizing when i got older that oh no like this is everyone and it's kind of messy and complicated and um it's kind of funny that christmas is happens right at the darkest night of the year right after the solstice Mm. and Mm. that's when we choose to have our like biggest party and our biggest uh f you middle fingers up to the darkness like we're gonna um celebrate the light and yeah so that's that when i thought of it that way when i was moody 15 year old Mm -hmm. um that really stuck, and that still kind of stays with me to this day. That, um, you know, like, even like right now, I have like a couple friends who are just like life circumstances are gonna have like a really hard Christmas. Mm. Um, and so it's like, what? What does Christmas mean to them? What can Christmas mean to them? How can we celebrate light and be a light in other people's lives? In um, the season that can be really good, but can be really difficult. Um, yeah, we'll
0: leave it there. Wow, that was yeah, that was really good. That was a lot. That was really good for off the cuff. All right. <laughs> thank you I for
3: using my ten seconds of thinking before. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, that was yeah. Thank you for for that. I, I think that was that was really good. Mm-hmm. Emmanuel, by Lisa Wells Eisenhower Emmanuel, you come in silence To the world of my crooked, noisy places Places rough with agendas that leave me bruised Spirit light low, a bare, glowing ember Emmanuel, I will give you quiet moments Bits of silence stolen in the clamor of the streets Let my silence straighten away for you To smooth my rough spots To heal my bruised spirit, to fan my faith's faint flame, to prepare in me a vessel for your incarnation. Next we have Dion Logan's wife, who I've known for quite a few years through our former church and who has also been attending Amherst University, which is how she got to know Glendon. What does Christmas mean to you? Um,
4: Christmas to me is family coming together. Mm. And um, I mean, there's usually presents and lots of food and that kind of thing. Um, But for me in a family that can sometimes be filled with tension, Mm it feels like a space where we all kind of put those things aside sometimes for the most part Mm -hmm. (laughs) and can just be together and have fun together um, and be in each other's presence Um. for me it's also a little bit different these last couple years because I've been married and so it's even been thinking about um, what does Christmas mean to us as a couple and what does it mean that we're creating our own traditions, and um, yeah. So I think it's it's being present with family. It's being present with my husband Logan, um, mm-hmm. and being present to the people around me, and trying not to get sucked into consumerism. As I say that, <laughs> we're at
0: the mall. At the mall, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, that's um, that's really good. Yeah, you talked about, you talked about being present, and being present is to be with Christ. So yeah. I
4: think, I guess maybe to riff on that, Christmas for me feels different this year mm. in terms of my faith,
2: hmm.
4: um, because as every millennial Christian, I guess I'm not millennial, but every Christian my age, I feel like we're all going through a, like, dismantling our faith, um, mm-hmm. and so even like, <laughs> what did you say? Thanks, Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Trump. <laughs> uh, sorry is different for me this year and so Christmas for me has been even being present with like like Jesus's mother Mary and like what that mm-hmm. looked look like for her in mm-hmm. like whatever the Christmas season of like carrying this promise but also like I just feel like she probably also had a lot of doubt and a lot of like what is even happening and I know an angel came to me but like is this a messiah inside of me and so like that Mm -hmm. kind of tension of like Mm. even that i feel it's like as a person i feel like this promise and this going towards something but it's also filled with tension of the everyday life and so i feel like christmas is even an invitation into the anticipation of something good and beautiful Mm. but also the tension of what the world is and how we experience it and I feel like Christmas has been
0: more of that for me as well, in terms of faith. Yeah, wow, that was yeah. That made me think of two poems that I'm probably gonna dub over. So (laughs) that was good. I like that. Okay, is that okay? Yeah, no, that's really good. good. That was great. Thank you so much, and Merry Christmas. Thank you for joining. Okay. Happy
4: birthday,
0: Noah. Oh, thank you, thank you.
1: (laughs) Happy birthday, Jesus.
4: Also. Happy birthday, Jesus. Because he was born. On December 25th. Yes, clearly. <laughs> Alright. Alrighty. Good luck podcasting. Thank
0: you. Christmas by Rumi. There is a morning where presence comes over you, and you sing like a rooster in your earth colored shape. Your heart hears and, no longer frantic, begins to dance. At that moment, soul reaches total emptiness. Your heart becomes merry, miraculously pregnant. Embody, like a two-day-old Jesus, says wisdom words. Now the heart turns to light, and the body picks up the tempo. Where Sean Tabri walks, the footprints are musical notes, and holes you fall through into space.
1: Hi, Schubert. I just wanted to ask you, coming from the 3040 Vision podcast, if you had a favorite Christmas memory or what Christmas meant to you, you can answer either of those questions.
5: Um, I think I'll briefly answer the the latter question. Um, so Christmas kind of stopped being like this magical thing, uh, for me. Mm. Um, I don't know, it... I think over time as I got older um I started to realize that like the the fantasization uh, fantasization of Christmas in movies didn't really exist or um it didn't really translate to like how I felt. Um and yeah, and so um uh, Christmas just became like, you know, something that happened. Um and I've as I've been like looking back, um and hearing about a lot of like different traditions and stuff that people had hmm. um i part of me was like a little bit i don't want to say jealous and i think that's too strong of a word but i i kind of felt like um maybe i was missing out um, on you know the special kind of christmas because like people had you know some um some kind of christmas that was in a sense uh, what they, what I see in movies and stuff like that. But
0: like, as, as I was looking, like, like I, idealized.
5: Idealized, yeah, that's a good word for it. Um, and so now as I look back, it's um the most or the closest to a tradition that my family has is just going to Filipino potluck.
3: Yeah, and and
5: then hanging out. Um, I get to you know talk with my brother and, and some friends and parents get to talk with their friends and exchange gifts it wasn't anything grand or hmm. or whatever um and, and when we get home we wait until midnight and then we open our gifts and then and then we sleep in i love that Something mm. crazy special yeah. um, but i was okay with that um, as i as i've been reflecting on that this year no
1: so, yeah yeah that's good thank you so much schubert Hey, Noah, do you have a favorite Christmas memory or what does Christmas mean? I forgot. Too? I've
2: got
0: some good ones. Um, I've got two Christmas memories. That are, they're not necessarily my favorite, but they're pretty funny. Okay. You nice. ready? So grade eight, Noah. Uh-oh. We're going back to junior high. That Noah had a big crush on this girl. Oh, no. In in my class. um, There were only six girls in the class, roughly, I think. Hmm. And so she's one of the few. And for Secret Santa, or whatever it was, we called it Secret Angel because we were a Christian what? school. And we didn't believe in Santa. So for Secret Angel. Only non-Christians believe in <laughs> Santa. This. For Secret Angel, I got word that she'd gotten me. And so I was really happy because I had a big crush Dangerous. on her. And so my one of my, again, the friend who I am, was in his wedding party. He back then was kind of talking to me me about it and i was like oh you can give her like some tips or whatever for what to get me or something and then the day came when it was her last day because she had to leave early to go on vacation ah and i was expecting to get a gift that day because she was my you know secret angel so i'm waiting around all day her
1: gift was a firm rejection
0: and at the end of the class or at the end of the day i'm waiting for her to To give me the gift and she basically not like actually walked by me in the classroom but for all intents and purposes what it felt like and she gives it to my my good buddy Oren, who is the groom like the guy yeah groomsman and so i'm like what the heck happened and it turns out she'd swapped with someone else to get Oren because she knew how to get him something easier (laughs) than me and so i was like well this sucks and so you know the song last christmas yeah where you know last christmas i gave you my heart but yeah. the right next day you gave it away Yep, i changed it to you traded it away
1: yikes <laughs> edgy eighth grade noah
0: edgy eighth grade noah was real salty at that point anyway i i confessed my love for her later that year she denied me because she had a big crush on one of my good friends Was it? they're Orin? married now it's not oren oh okay. they've been her and oren were friends for a really long time like okay. since they were three but she married one of our mutual like really good friends so in yeah. they you know they had a big thing. But anyway, second story. Do you grade. still
1: have lingering feelings? No, not at all. Okay.
0: I got past that. Okay. By grade nine. Once they were actually dating. I was good friends with okay. the guy she married. Or it was dating and then married. Like I was at their wedding. so Yeah. <laughs> I stand up at the wedding. I object.
1: <laughs> you didn't sw- give me a present in eighth grade and therefore this yeah. marriage is a sham.
0: Um, And then grade 10. So this is grade 10, Noah. So we've evolved two years. Grade 10, Noah up. has another crush. <gasps> okay. Grade 10, Noah has a crush on someone in grade 12. Whoops. <laughs> Who he literally like barely ever talked to. Yep. And literally I signed up to do sound for the worship team just so I could be on her worship yep. team. Yep. Um, so it was Christmas. There, we had a Christmas market at our school growing up. And she was running one of the booths. And I remember standing, like, a bit away, just watching <laughs> and longing. And that's when I realized Gross. I was a type 4. Gross. Anyway, later that year, well, that was my Christmas that was That was
1: the moment you are like, I'm an Enneagram type 4, grade 10 Noah, who doesn't know anything about the Enneagram. <laughs> but
0: I will say that, like, looking back, that's one of the moments where I realized, yeah, I'm defined by my longing for things. I even had a voice crack there, just like grade 10 Noah. By my
1: longing for really. things.
0: <laughs> anyway so that whole thing like we literally never talked but that like i don't know i always think back to that moment every christmas because it's like that feeling you know you remember mm. the feelings it's true but i have something that's pretty funny that completes a story because six months later i confess my love for her
2: this over facebook on and your we, phone? we
0: literally never talked and i have it on my phone yes yeah, I- so this was June twenty fourth, twenty thirteen. I won't say your name because that's not fair. Uh, this is gonna be really cringy. I almost want Correct. you to like read. I can it. read
1: it. Let me read it.
0: Just don't. If you accidentally send a message,
2: it's <laughs> like,
1: it'll be screwed. So, so name. I've got to be honest. I'm probably never gonna see you again. So I have to tell you. I've been crushing on you for the last ten months. You are the most beautiful girl in the world, and your smile makes me melt. I've been trying to find ways to talk to you, but I'm kind of shy. That's why I did sound when Greg's brother had to leave the team. I just had to tell you how I feel. Can I, can I read the reply? Yeah. Thanks, Noah, for your honesty. I'm really flattered, and I'm very touched by what you said. I know what it's like to be shy to talk to someone, but I cannot say I feel the same. You're very sweet for telling me this and taking a chance. I'm sorry I can't say I feel the same. I don't think I'm the girl for you, but I know when you find her, she will know it too. Thank you that you feel that way for me, but I know you will find someone sweeter than me, and you guys will be awesome. Thank you, smiley face. And what did I say to that? All right, I understand. (laughs)
0: I guess She like, never saw that reply. Apparently,
1: <laughs> that's um, that's brilliant. I've done that to people who like try to like get me to sign up for things. Or like, hey, you should do sound, and I just like never open it, and I leave it for months, and so they get the message. Yep.
0: So that was my. There you go. That's my Christmas memories.
1: Nice. I've been. I was dumped once around Christmas. Oh boy! And then. The other time wasn't. I don't know why I associated the other time with Christmas. Maybe we started. I think we started at the end of the semester, mm. but then, but then we broke up like late February, Marchish. Wow,
0: that's your Christmas memory. No,
1: um, <laughs> I was just we were talking about relationships, and sure. I was like, "Hey, we're um,
0: gonna have a whole podcast devoted to relationships. We
1: should because that'll be funny." And ranted about Christian purity. I'm trying to think what a favorite memory would be. Um.
0: Or just, again, I just gave funny memories.
1: Yeah. I remember I got Revenge of the Sith for Christmas (laughs) one time. And I remember having, like, a Christmas dinner. And we had the -the behind-the-scenes feature of, like, the giant duel that's, like, half an hour long. Oh, yeah. And when that was running in the background, and I was like, this is really boring. (laughs) (sighs) Of course you That That fight has bored me since I was a kid. I was like, this is a bad way to do this fight. At
0: least it had a good score.
1: It did have a good score. That's the thing. The The duel in, the big climactic duel in Rise of Skywalker is not great. Because there's no, like...
0: How are we back to Rise of Skywalker? I don't Skywalker?
1: know. There's no, like, character decisions or motivations behind it. It's just they start fighting for some reason. It's Like, okay. There's a duel earlier in the film that's way better. And it's, like, genuinely interesting. Um, Christmas
0: memories. Christmas memories. I guess if, you, if it's Revenge of the Sith, that's fine.
1: Yeah. I'll say something that I've been thinking about this year in terms mm. of Christmas, not in terms of, like, memories, but just Christmas as a whole, yeah. is really getting into the themes of Advent.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that's something I want to explore more. And it sucks that we're always so busy during Advent season. Because I got really thinking about that, the concept of like expectation, but especially like expectation of like freedom and rescue. Mm. Um, I think of like, oh come, oh come, Emmanuel, and like the idea of like come like a ransom captive Israel. Mm. And that's like the expectation that we live in in the season of Advent. Yeah. Both like the expectation of like Mary and Joseph and the people of their age, but also like the present expectation of like, God's present and future works mm-hmm. and, like, the freedom that he will enable in us and, like, in the world around us and the freedom that he, like, calls us to go out and enable. And I think that's something that, like, we kind of forget about at Advent We're like, sometimes we're just like, hey, Advent, Christmas is always coming. It's almost here. Like, let's eat chocolate and stuff as opposed to, like, really leaning into that, that sensation of, like, longing and expectation and, like, the desire of, like, freedom from slavery essentially hmm. Um, whether that's like a slavery of sin or like what whatever it is that is chaining you down whether that's like your own past own like regrets, mistakes or whatever freedom from oppression freedom from like oppression of all sorts like this season is about expectation and Lonnie but also a confirmation of like you can live in that freedom hmm. and that's like really meaningful to me especially as I'm dealing with like I don't know all sorts of different things and I'm like you know what God is present in this moment even though like he may feel distant he may feel like hey we have X many years or like there's no prophets or anything like God is still active and still present and he's still working so I think that's a lot of what Christmas means to me Is wow. like um yeah uh I think of I think of uh, a certain American psalmist who once said uh, I celebrate the day that you you were born to die, that I could one day pray for you to save my life.
0: Do you want to perform that on the uke?
1: I, if I was good at the uke, I would. Because
0: apparently you're responsible for all the songs on this.
1: Yeah, I am. <laughs> um, Reliant Kate's Cl- Christmas album is really, really good. Yeah,
0: that's true. I could almost put that as like a Christmas memory.
1: Do it. Honestly, because... like that is an album that I look forward to listening through every Christmas.
0: Actually, I was going to say something about your your advent thing though. My it was advent really thing? good. Yeah, sure. Um I think you would have really enjoyed um at Nicholas Church awaken. Mm. They really like dive deep into the advent season. Nice. So like the service is very like it's always dark and Ooh. they kind of like dwell in that darkness and then that yes. longing um until Christmas. And then it's like the big kind of celebration, right? I like that. Um I think you would have really enjoyed that this year.
1: I really liked the sermon that I heard last week at church. Mm. Uh, I feel like I talked to you a little bit about it. I don't remember entirely what it was about. I need to go back and rewatch it. Mm. But it was very much like in the key of all of that and being like, hey, freedom is coming. I'm mm. like, this mm-hmm. is dope. I'm down with this. Yeah. Um,
0: I was going to say something, but we're like it. I celebrate the day. Actually, one of the memories that comes back to me is my... One of my last Christmases in my old church it would be my second last Christmas. Mm. One of the worship leaders, for some reason, chose to do that song. Oh, I like for that. For communion. And I'm like, this is the best moment of my life. Because typically my church would only choose very specific
1: songs. Yeah.
0: And finally having something a little bit different. That was really nice. Is it? Yeah,
1: I think it is. I celebrate the day. Um I remember always being really struck that by that song in, like, my youth when I was high school. Because, mm. like, it starts with this whole lyric about, like, here's where you're finding me in the exact same place as New Year's Eve. Yeah. And just a sense of, like, nothing's changed. Like, everything is the same. Yeah. I'm in the same problems. And I feel like the more I've grown up, the less true mm. that's been for me. Mm. And that's always, like, really comforting to, like, look back and be like, hey, I'm growing as a person. I'm improving. And, like... There are things that I still get hung up on and, like, stuff that is still frustrating. But, like, I am not the person that it was a year ago. Oh, wow.
0: That's good. That's deep. Yeah. Um, Yeah, no, I relate to that, too. The idea of growth. I've been thinking about that a lot because it's my birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you.
1: Happy birthday, Jesus. <laughs>
0: um, because it's my birthday, I'm thinking about the last year and how much I've grown how much things have changed. And how I don't think I'm the same person
1: at all that I was a
0: year ago. Oh, yeah. I mean... If you look at the changes between, like, I mean, last year, even you and I still, like, we knew each other. Yeah. But, like, now, like, all of us. We wouldn't have done this year. No. No, not at all. And it's, like, it's crazy how fast things have changed like that. Yeah. Like, and my own, like, personal spirituality has changed and evolved a lot over the last year. And so what Christmas means to me, I mean, it's hard. Because mm-hmm. Christmas has always been that time where I feel the most longing mm. throughout my life. Mm. It's that time where I crave those feelings of, like, I don't know, intimacy? Is yeah. that the right word? I think that's fair. I don't mean intimacy is in, like, sex. I mean intimacy is in intimacy.
1: Yeah. Like a oneness with a person. Yes,
0: exactly. A oneness with a person. That isn't sexual. That isn't... Well, it doesn't have to be sexual. It can be. <laughs> but I'm just saying for me, like... It's, it's just, yeah, that oneness yeah. with a person.
1: I really... <laughs> I don't like that. I started thinking about the Cats movie in the middle of this conversation. Oh, good Lord!
0: Nope, not going there. Nope. Um. Anyway, so like Christmas has always been that time where I feel that sense of longing for that. Yeah. Um. Ever since like <laughs> grade eight. Yeah. Um. And so. Do you hate
1: Christmas parties?
0: No, I love Christmas. Okay. Parties. See, I love parties. I love being with people. Okay. And this is Christmas, like, the time of year where most of the time like you, know, you get to be with people, be with friends. Yeah. There, except aren't,
1: there aren't teardrops in your stocking?
0: I mean, sometimes. Okay. But really, it is weird because Christmas is also the time where I have to spend all most of my time with my family, which right. is good. But, like, I also... It's weird that, like, I spend most... Weeks with friends or whatnot. Mm. Then Christmas is like the one time I actually don't get to see friends. That's not what Christmas means to me. But Christmas means being
1: stuck with my family and never seeing my (laughs) friends. But
0: it it is every from all everyone's busy over Christmas. It's just how it is. And my birthday's over Christmas, so that's fair. It's my
1: birthday. (laughs) Happy birthday, Jesus! (laughs) (laughs) Happy birthday, Um,
0: Noah. (laughs) So what Christmas means to me is Christmas to me is the incarnation night, and that means something different to me this year than it has in previous years, where it's not just you just think of it as christ being born right but it's more than that it's christ coming out of the world and showing god's presence in everything and that's one of the singular moments that defines i don't know spirituality humanity the world yeah the realization or even just like oh how would i put it like the best representation of god's presence in everything Yeah. Is in that moment, whether it's in the darkness and, you know, in the good times, the bad times. Mm -hmm. But like Emmanuel, God with us. Yeah. Is what Christmas means to me.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah. I know that kind of. Yeah. It just means something different to me this year than previous years. Yeah. It really means something to me this year. Mm -hmm. Like I've known it in previous years, but this year it's like. It means that when I, you know... Christ, I feel that. Christ is is in everything that we are a part of, right? Oneness. Yeah, oneness, exactly. Um, so it's all... Yeah, I don't know. That's what I... That's good. I like that. That's what I think of when it's my total would agree. Christmas. I feel like we definitely need to wrap this podcast.
1: We are going very long.
0: And I literally have to be my grandparents at 45 minutes.
1: Okay. Um. <laughs> so in conclusion
0: this has been a trip
1: rise of skywalker is mediocre trump's bad um franklin graham needs some work christianity today is surprisingly on point point. <laughs> yeah. and um christmas is about a lot of things
0: but really christmas can all be defined by one word christmas actually you know what you know what? one word that, one word that did come up throughout most of the 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 uh i guess
1: Jellicle cat
0: no presents oh i think christmas is presents
1: not in the terms of like the gift that you give but no. Oh, the, yeah, but, no but the presence the presence of yourself and of yes. it being present in the moment yes
0: and god's presence in yeah all of it
1: who would have known that christmas was really all about presents <laughs> just not the way you think <laughs> of it that's crazy i love that that's actually perfect christmas is all about presents Give yourself the gift today of watching The Last Jedi again and being reminded of how it's really the the ultimate representation of what Star Wars is.
0: Give yourself the gift today of being present, whether that's watching Star Wars or... Being with your family. I like that. Or being with your friends. Or you, know whether, what, you know
1: what I'm excited for next year? What? I'm excited to see how we're going to work Star Wars into future podcasts oh, when Lord. it's not relevant.
0: Yeah, the new year is going to be fun for the podcast. You know what? We're going to get this figured out. We're going to have a schedule. We're going to get people on the podcast. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. We just need to actually schedule things. Yeah. We didn't do that. I didn't you do that, or you I didn't did. Do that.
1: You specifically didn't do that. It's all Noah's fault. Happy birthday.
0: I mean, to be fair, I'm the one who's not in school, so it's true. I'm, I'm. You have
1: the most time.
0: Yeah, it's true. But I'm also looking forward to see how this podcast evolves by the time we go to Europe.
1: I'm just excited to do podcast in Europe.
0: I feel like we need to. I feel like we should look at getting a big Airbnb in Paris instead of a hostel. But you know, that's just me. Maybe. I don't think they'll do that though. But that has nothing to do with this. Be present. Spend time with your loved ones. Be blessed and
2: be a blessing.
0: Be blessed and be a blessing. That's good. I like that. Um, And just remember that love is in all of it. Yeah. The good and the bad, whether that's easy or hard, whether you're with your loved ones or whether your loved ones have Whether you liked
1: Rise of Skywalker or not.
0: Whether you liked Rise of Skywalker. Whether Whether you like Star Wars or not. In a lot of ways, love is like the force. It flows in and through it surrounds All things. Us. It surrounds us. Yeah. It's what gives the Jedi their power. It's
1: true. It's made up of microscopic life forms. Yes, it's true. Yeah. Midichlorians. Um, Love is midichlorians. Love is midichlorians. Love is treating yourself to the Cats movie. Oh, no. And just partaking in the natural disaster that is Tom Hooper's classic. Love
0: <laughs> is... Well, going with the sure, yeah.
1: Love... It's making a shot to the knees of a target 120 kilometers away. It's an ARTEC sniper rifle with a Tri Light scope.
0: Um, that sounds more like killing people, but, you know, love is present in that too. It just might not be listened to <laughs> in that moment. That's more like going against the flow of love.
1: You need to play the Knights of the Old Republic games. <sighs>
0: I know i do but okay what what is it Fallen order is that the new one
1: i want to play Fallen order it seems like a good game i've heard good things about it but we're going way off topic and we gotta end this so love is ending the podcast love when you need to love
0: and be loved
1: love and be loved um merry christmas happy birthday noah and happy birthday jesus and good night seattle good night seattle and so long toronto